When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, a motorcycle just went down my drive, my uh, pathway. This, is, this isn't a road. This is a uh, sidewalk. Excuse me. LJ, I'm doing good. Um this is another in-person recording. Uh, nice to be able to sit down with LJ once again um, to be able to talk some baseball. And um, yeah, of course, tomorrow we have our interview with Glenn Geffner, the Miami Marlins radio broadcaster. Uh, we sat down with him on Wednesday uh, and really got through a lot of Marlins talk. Uh, just absolutely a fantastic interview. Be sure that you listen to that tomorrow. But in the meantime, uh, we have quite a bit to talk about today, um, at least pertaining to some of the stuff that happened in Friday night's games. Um, LJ, and I believe we're going to kick things off with your Boston Red Sox. Do we have to? Yeah, uh, LJ, I'm afraid that we do because right now the Red Sox, they started what is a five-game series against the Orioles this weekend and goes into next week. And uh, it was quite the start here as the Red Sox at one point, I believe, were up six runs. Yes, they were up six nothing after the second inning. They go on to lose 12 to 8. The bullpen absolutely implodes. LJ, what happened last night? Um, the bullpen sucks. I'm not surprised. I mean, at this point, can you be? And it's it's typical, or not even typical suspects, to, so to say. Like, some of these guys are the guys that you're kind of hoping were the 
fix here. I mean, Jake Diekman, I've been out on for a very long time. He gives up three in, I believe that's the seventh inning. That's the first inning of the implosion. John Schreiber has been really solid all year. He still, with, with two earned runs, has a 1-4-2 ERA. And then Matt Strom has been the guy that people are like, oh, is he the closer now? Should he be the closer now? Do we have a closer? Do we want a closer? Do we even need a closer? Are we going to be in a situation where we actually have to win games? Um, and Matt Strom had kind of been that guy. He gives up free art. So it's just, it's a mess. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, however, the offense still continues to look good one of the better lineups in the league when it comes to some of those team uh, hitting stats um, and really carried by Devers, J.D. Martinez, and uh, Xander Bogarts. But uh, I guess guys like Kike Hernandez are finally starting to turn it around, right? Yeah, you know, Kike has been a leadoff home run machine this last week. It's been quite impressive. He's getting himself back over the Mendoza line. And just, yeah, there are – they're firing on all cylinders. This is exactly the offense that we thought we had here, but having so many guys underperforming makes that situation very, very difficult. So, you know, that's ultimately what you chalk April up to, but now it's a matter of you got to be hot, but you also have to execute while you're hot. 21 runners left on base in this game. Granted, they still, they did, they did put up eight runs. Like that's certainly a, successful outing in most situations but you have a lot of opportunity for a lot more yeah four for 15 with with runners in scoring position which honestly is not a terrible batting average but I mean honestly I couldn't be I wouldn't be that mad if my team scored eight runs this game is on the bullpen here I mean uh, Garrett Whitlock gave you six innings of two run ball uh the offense put up a lot of runs for you early. Um, this game is solely on the bullpen for, for me here. It's yeah. Again, it's a disaster. I'm used to the pain at this point. Like it's one of those things, Brent, you've gotten like this with the Yankees a lot over the last uh, couple of years where certain flaws you just get numb to. And this is one of them. Uh, yes, uh, that is a very true statement um, for sure. But let's move on um, to a little bit of a, two weird events that come out of the Giants game last night. Let's start with the f- baseball-related event first. So um, Jake McGee uh, on the Giants, a re- reliever, he gets activated from the IL yesterday. Um and officially put on the roster and they go to bring him into the game last night and the Reds manager or David Bell comes out and says hey um his name is not on the lineup card that you gave us prior to the game that you know we exchanged with the umpires Jake McGee's name's not on that lineup card um which means he should not be allowed to be in the game Five-minute little break. The umps are talking, trying to figure out what's going on. Jake McGee's standing on the mound, like, going, what like, what the hell is going on? Like, what did I do? Um, and it turns out his name was not on the lineup card, which means he is not allowed to be in the game, meaning the Giants effectively were operating with a 25-man roster, and they didn't even know it. They thought that they had their 26th guy in Jake McGee, and they they didn't. Um, so 
He came in, warmed up. You think about all the time he spent in the bullpen um, to warm up, to be able to come in, um, and only to find out that your your manager forgot to include your name uh, on the lineup card. Uh, it's it's unfortunate. It, it's very unfortunate. I think we've both only seen this in one other situation in our lives. It's very rare to see a manager have this type of gaffe and have it ever, ever even come up to bite you. I mean, I can think of one time and it was in a high school game. Like those guys are much less qualified to be doing this than somebody who's managing in the major leagues. That has to, like, you can't have this happen if you're Gabe Kapler. You got to have your mind head in the game. You got to get you, get you, get you, get you get to your head, head in the game. game. Um, Reds end up winning five to one. But the other story that comes out of this, um, I believe involving Tommy Pham and Jock Peterson. Um, uh, okay, so I still don't know exactly what happened, but uh, apparently MLB is investigating a pregame altercation that occurred. Friday afternoon between Tommy Pham of the Reds and Jack Peterson of the Giants. Um, Reds players were taking batting practice when Pham and Peterson met out in left field. Peterson said Pham confronted him and slapped him in the face over a dispute involving the fantasy football league that included both players as participants last year. Several players intervened in the situation and both clubs dugouts and bullpens empty. This is during batting practice and the bullpens are empty. <laughs> um, what the hell is going on? Well, for starters, Reds Giants is the rivalry. I didn't know I needed. <laughs> yes. Can we? Yes. Fire me up, LJ. Reds and Giants. Reds Giants is just, it's, it's the thing now. It is the in-trend rivalry. Who needs Red Sox Yankees? Who needs Cubs Cardinals? Who needs Reds Cardinals? When you can have Reds and the Giants, I live for it. Look, I'm a fan of fantasy football. I play it. We have a league. That's really how Brandon and I became friends. It's not the end of the world to me. I don't think it could possibly be that big a deal at any point in my life, fantasy football in particular. I just don't care that much. I don't think most people care that much. Unless these guys, which they could certainly afford it, have like $100,000 on the line for the, over this league, there's nothing that could get me to care about it as much as physically assaulting somebody in a public forum. So, LJ, if, do you want to know what exactly happened? Because um, there is a little more, uh, more detail, and you'll love this, because it, it, it involves like some very fantasy football type stuff here. Oh boy, let's hear it. Unfortunate situation, Peterson said following the Reds' 5-1 win. Kind of stemmed from a fantasy football league we were both in last year. I put a player on the, on the IR when they were listed as out and then added another player. And then there was a text message in the group chat saying I was cheating because I was stashing players on my bench. Then I looked up the rules and sent a screenshot of the rules, how it says that when a player is ruled out, you're allowed to put them on the IR. That's all I was doing. It just so happened that he had a player, Jeff, Jeff Wilson, who was out. He had him on the IR. I said, you literally have the same thing on your team, on your bench. He said, and basically that was it. That was it is that Jack Peterson told Tommy Pham, dude, you have this, you have a guy that's also on the IR on your bench Brandon, as well. If this is against the rules, 
you need to kick me out of the league. Yeah, you, 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 you need to, to kick me, me. You have to kick me out of my own league. You like, have to put me in the punishment protocols that I created myself and have been dying to use since their institution. Tommy Pham just doesn't understand how fantasy sports work. He just doesn't get it. He he does not get it. This might be my new favorite uh, fantasy sports, real sports uh, situation where they intertwine. Now it could potentially be usurping the whole Cam Newton. Should I start? Uh, what receiver was that? And he asked. Oh the, uh, yeah. He asked the offensive coordinator if he should start one of his own receivers next week in fantasy. I I think, you know, I can't remember who it was, but I think one of the better Zach Granke moments is when he was on the Dodgers and A.J. Ellis was the catcher and Zach Granke called him out to the mound. Um, Or no, there was – he went out to the mound because it was bases loaded and no outs and trying to calm down Zach Granke. And Granke, he goes, no, I'm calm. And then proceeds to offer him a fantasy football trade <laughs> during a mound visit while the bases are loaded and there's no outs. Like that's that's one of the better fantasy sports. Zach Greinke doesn't count for stories. He's his own. He's his own. Uh, yeah, he is like his he's own. His own category. Yeah, no, exactly. And I he'd win every category. Every category. This is like this is like taking Babe Ruth out of the MVP uh, conversation for most of the. 1920s, 1930s, because oh, of the so dumb. dumbest rules in the so history. Of, we gotta get up, we gotta get on that one of these days. We should revote every award. We 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 throw it around over the winter. And yeah, I definitely think it's worth the time. Also, we have to do our how we fix baseball because we haven't yes. done that as well. Yes, all things we can sorry get to during the very very long season. We got we got some lean days ahead. This is probably the yeah, uh, no. coolest section of the season, June. Once, well, I'd say like once we get like those few weeks past the All Star break, you know, what everyone says the the dog days of summer, like August, like at that point, you already pretty much know who's gonna make the playoffs. Like, yeah, sure, one or two of the six divisions has a really tight race, like the NL West last year, um, like the AL East, but really outside of those two. There wasn't any that came down to the wire. The The Cardinals tried to make it close in the NL Central, right? It, it um, was too hard. It was yeah. too hard. And even though they won, what, 17 in a row? And they, they, they still couldn't catch up to the Brewers. NL West was really close. That came down to the final day. AL Central was long done, like in August. AL West, the Astros just ran away with that. So, you know, I feel like once you get to a certain point, like, and because we're doing it every day, in August, it's going to be like, yeah, we have these really two tight races that we're going to be uh, covering closely, but there's going to be a lot of other stuff to talk about. Like, I remember we got very deep for like days in a row of just talking through all the awards last year. And we're going to be doing the same thing a little earlier, at least at this point this year, when we plan on doing it um, after Memorial Day. Yeah, now's a good, as good a time as ever to do some programming, you know, uh, we have a very, very aggressive plan coming up after Memorial Day as we're introducing the 12 days of Memorial Day. It's like the 12 days of Christmas, but so much better. We will go through and react to all of the major talking points of the season at the end of the first se- the first unofficial season, the season that tells us what the rest of it's going to look like. So starting the day after Memorial Day, on the first day of Memorial Day, Brandon, I'm going to give to you all 
the American League Gold Glove. Then we're going to go to the NL Gold Glove the next day. Both the Silver Sluggers in the next two days after that. Reliever of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Cy Young's, MVP's, Standings Reactions. And then we're going to hopefully, not ready to announce exactly what yet, but we're going to have something special for that final day, the 12th day of Memorial Day. Absolutely. Uh, very excited. Should be some great content uh, coming to you guys uh, over the next few weeks. But let's jump back to um, a few more topics here. Uh, the Atlanta Braves have called up one of their top prospects. Uh, I believe his name is Michael Harris II. Um, he is their top outfield prospect a lot of people say that this is an aggressive move by the Braves um, because this guy's not played in triple a yet um, he's getting called up straight from double a but this could be an upgrade in center field for the Braves immediately because Adam Duvall has been really bad uh, so far this year this guy's a switch hitter switch hitter um, and you know, I find it hard to believe that the Braves wouldn't have called this guy up without him playing in AAA unless they plan on uh, giving him significant at-bats. It just wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't make sense. I think you're also overhyping AAA. It's not the greatest thing in the world. It's not even a necessary thing in my eyes. Like, but for a 21-year-old to get called straight up, like even talking, Harper played in AAA, like a little bit. I mean, yeah, but at the end of the day, it's not a big deal. We see a lot of guys make the jump AA to the majors quite a bit because at the end of the day, AAA and AA talent, overall skill level, is almost exactly the same. And so if you're trying to fast-track a guy to the majors, you can make that jump over triple a you don't have to go to that level because really the only thing that changes is the level of intelligence like when you get to triple a you're facing a lot of vets or guys that are like fringe roster picks these guys have been around the majors they know what they're doing or they're on their way to the majors they really know what they're doing there's a level of intelligence and experience that you don't get a double a that you do get a triple a but when it all is said and done the talent's the same if you're facing a similar type of pitcher in double a and the team needs you now. You're not going to say, "All right, we got to let we got to get him three weeks to AAA to make sure he's really, really ready." It's seeing the same thing. Yeah, uh, and uh, this is a guy who, uh, based on his prospect of rankings, he has you know a 55 grade hit tool, 55 grade game power tool, 60 grade raw power. So the hitting is certainly there. Um, and I can see why the Braves would would want that. Um, only a 45-grade fielding um, tool. But, you know, you have Adam Duvall playing in center, which is not his primary position. I, to me, he's always been a corner outfielder, unless I, can, I can't think of him playing um, in center much um, in the past. But, you know, you have him playing some games there now. You bring up this guy who's a switch hitter. He can clearly hit the ball well. Um, he's had great stats so far in double A. Um, and look, they could always, if things don't work out, send him down to triple A, even though he hasn't played there. 
and then that stops any kind of uh, service time clock that, that you have on him if you really want to, right? Because yep. if you, you, you can still get that extra year, you can still manipulate that service time um, because this isn't a guy who's going to probably, who's like, I mean, at least I don't think so, a guy who would qualify to be able to be eligible for those draft picks, right, that, that you could potentially get for having a rookie on your um, team. For most people, that date is passed. He could go on and surprise everyone and just have such a great uh, – I mean, he's only two months out. Like, at this point, I think there hasn't been this, like, superstar rookie yet. We'll talk about this more next week. But in my eyes, rookie of the year is pretty much in play for everybody right now. And so him coming in two months late isn't a barrier. There's no barrier to entry right now to get in consideration for that award. That's the only one I can see them getting picks for. Yeah. But are we really going to, are we no. really having that expectation no. on him right now? No, absolutely no. not. I was just saying, you know, just, just in general, um, you know, yeah, we're certainly going to talk about NL, NL rookie of the year um, in a few days. Um, and yeah, so the, it's certainly an interesting move here by the Braves. Um, can't wait to see where that ends up going. Um how about my guy MJ Melendez on the Royals hit his fourth homer, um, just really filling in well there in that catcher spot um, behind Salvi. Um, been really, really loving what I've been seeing out of him. I try to watch if 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 I'm able to and the Royals are on. I like to see him hit. Um, he's just a fantastic hitter. He has a great approach. Um, just had to give him a little shout there. He's been he's been a killing it and. I was big on him from when we were talking about it when he got called up just um, a couple of weeks ago. You're talking 133 OPS plus in his first 20 games. LJ's on Alec Thomas. I'm on MJ Melendez. You're on the MJ Melendez train. I'm in, both win rookie I, I am in on MJ Melendez. You're in on MJ Melendez. Officially in on Officially. MJ Melendez. Okay. Uh, let's jump back to this Michael Harris thing because we did miss an angle, I think, here. Okay. And that's the fact that not only has he jumped, he's – that's not the word I was looking for there, was it? In coming to the majors, in jumping triple A, he has also leapfrogged Drew Waters. Yeah. On on the on the depth chart in his own thing. Drew Waters is still sitting there in triple A. People have been talking about this guy coming up for the last two years or being traded in the last two years. This is a guy fan graphs has Waters listed ahead of Harris. He was clearly playing at a higher level than Harris. And the Michael Harris's numbers are—they're good. They're not that great. I mean, you're talking about a nine percent walk rate and a twenty percent strikeout rate with a one twenty-nine weighted runs created plus compared to Drew Waters, who's going two and thirty-two with a one ten. Those are very big numbers, but I don't think necessarily either of them are that deserving of major league playing time right now. You know. Drew, Drew Waters, LJ, this is amazing. In AAA this year, a 32% strikeout rate to a 1.6% walk rate. I'm not saying I, – I don't like those types of guys, but that's also – he's gone through his that entire – That is ridiculous. He's gone through his entire minor league career like this. I mean, look at look through. His best season was in A-ball where he was at 20%. 19, 20, 19%. Was the peak for him at the lowest level? This is just like a Javier Baez approach. Like yes, that's 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 all like it is. It, but like at the same time, they've clearly 
up until now, they were willing to promote him despite that. What was the big difference here? Yeah, you know, I really don't know. It's, um, it's interesting. No, it's you're also, right. It's not like this guy's like a walk machine or even a, a contact, like, best top contact hitter. Like, uh, Michael Harris, he's he's striking out his fair share as well. Yeah. So it's just, this is very this is a very interesting thing to see. And I really have to wonder what Drew Waters' future is in the game. Well, let's move on. I wanted to touch on uh, a little bit on the Yankees game last night. They beat the Rays two to nothing thanks to two solo home runs coming from Glaber Torres and new Yankees legend Matt Carpenter. Just another one of those guys, the aging veterans that somehow find a way to make the Yankees roster is LJ. I'm going to run through a few names that just came to my head um, that believe it or not, did play on the Yankees at one point. Let's see if you remember these guys on the Yankees. Um, Andrew McCutcheon. Okay. Ed- All right. No, 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 no. He was a Yankee. He was a Yankee. Don't call him an aging vet. He's still pretty okay. much in play. All right. The guys who were aging vets, Edwin Encarnacion. Okay. Kendry's Morales. Really? He was a Yankee. Was what, a Yankee. What's he, what what 2019 year? was a Yankee. 2019 Yankees. Wow. Was a Yankee. Uh, Carlos Beltran. Yep. Was a Yankee. Was a, I was at the game where he hit his 400th career home run. Um, I feel like I need to throw Jacoby Ellsbury in there. <laughs> um, see if I can think of any other good ones. Oh, a Danny Hechevarria made a few playoff appearances for us that might have been 2019 as well um th- that's just who the yankees are though that's kind of been our, our our identity is to sign these 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 veteran guys i mean lance lynn was he, he's not an aging veteran but he's still a veteran he was on the yankees for a few starts i believe that might have been in 2019 or 2018 well, sonny gray i mean Roof Neto, Adora, Odor, yeah exact example of it's not even aging vets. It's let Yankees have kind of found a way to be a last chance you of sorts where it's like, all right, it's either I'm playing triple a ball. I'm retiring or I'm playing for the Yankees. Jay Bruce was our starting first baseman on opening day last year. Yeah. Like, like, so this is kind of my last chance at playing in the majors. If I don't figure it out with the Yankees, I'm not figuring it out. That's kind of what the case I felt like was. Chris Carter. They literally, Texas paid yeah. the Yankees to bring in Ruth and Odor, and he ends up working out great for them. You have to imagine if they hadn't taken him, I don't think he's getting time in Texas. They clearly wanted to go give guys like Kiner Falefa and all these guys more time in the field. And so getting the vets out of the way does a lot to do that. And so I, I don't know if he even finishes the year on the roster if somebody doesn't take him in a trade. So ultimately, he went from fringe MLB player to getting a contract from the Orioles and doing very well with that contract from the Orioles this year. A few other guys that I just I just thought of that I put I pull up here: Troy Tulowitzki, uh, of course, was a Yankee. Uh, LJ, how about this one? Neil Walker. I remember Neil Walker as a Yankee, and boy, um, was that interesting. Brandon, we got some breaking news. Breaking news. 
Dallas Keuchel has been DFA'd by the White Sox. Dallas Keuchel, wow. Dallas Keuchel, Dallas is done in Chicago. That was not as fun alliteration as I thought it would be. I mean, do they have a D name? Does Chicago have a D name? Dallas done in Windy City. Windy, yes, Dallas Keuchel is done in the Windy City. No, uh, real quick, I just want on the Yankees, they win the first two games against or at Tampa. Um, just huge wins. They've now at worst split the series. They've got Cole on the mound today. That game's at 4 o'clock. Um, and, yeah, hopefully they can keep thing, things rolling. Jameson Tyone, eight innings, two hits, no earned runs, just absolutely shoved. Uh, yeah, the Yankees in the two games against the Rays have allowed two total runs. So uh, this this pitching staff just keeps on uh, looking really good. Clay Holmes making his case for AL reliever of the year. Um, very strong, 24 scoreless innings. I don't think he's allowed an earned run since opening day, actually. Uh, yes, that was the last time he allowed an earned run was opening day. So, Yeah. Very interesting there. Um, LJ, was... Wanna, yeah. Run back to the Keiko thing? Or you yes, no. Out? Let's run yeah. back to Dallas Keiko here. So now so now that we have a little more news on it. A little more information. The White Sox announced that veteran left-hander Dallas Keiko has been designated for assignment. Infielder Danny Mendick has been called up from AAA in the corresponding move. Mm. So, Brandon, how do you unpack this? Um I mean, obviously, this move kind of had to be coming for a while. Yeah, finally. Like, this has been a terrible, terrible season for him. You're talking about a 7-8-8 ERA over eight starts, only 32 innings over that stretch as well. And, like, there's not a lot redeeming this guy this year. We're talking a 72nd percentile hard hit percentage. That That's good. That's the only one I'm finding here to give him a positive spin. You're talking about 29th percentile expected ERA, 22nd percentile expected batting average, 4th percentile in strikeout rate. He's one of the worst at getting guys out on the planet right now. Do you see how long do you think until we see him get picked back up? Because this is really he hasn't been good since when? He'll end up somewhere, but n- not in any sort of big capacity. All these guys end up somewhere. You think of the... Um, Where, though? It always have LJ, Andrew Heaney. Take a, take and, a bold stance here. Just go ahead and say it. He'll be playing for the Cincinnati Reds next week. All right, yeah, maybe the Reds. I was thinking like a big market team might try to screw he'll be him te- up. He'll be teaching Hunter Green how to find that bat, fi- throw that bat finder more effectively. No, no, but but uh, seriously, don't you think that a big market team, like those are the teams that can afford to take on, like the Dodgers, they, they get Tyler Anderson, they get Andrew Heaney, like they can afford to just throw a little money at those guys. The Dodgers, they had Cole Hamels at one point. Remember when they were trying to get him back um, and, and, you know, trying to pitch like Cole Hamels again? You see the Angels go after Syndergaard. Um, Rick Porcello on the Mets a few years ago. Uh, well, Rick Porcello on the Mets was a flat-out signing. Yeah, that that was that was a free agent move. That wasn't a DFA situation. And also, Cole Hamels wasn't on the Dodgers, but I remember that the, no, the, the Dodgers were looking at him when he was trying to come back. Did the Dodgers? No, I feel like they signed him, or the Padres signed him. 
No, no. he was on the Rangers. He like made an all-star game with the Rangers, but then it was really bad. He only played one game in 2020, and that was it. Wow. No, I could have sworn he definitely had, like, a contract was tendered by somebody. It was a minor league one. Speaking of minor league, that's what I'm seeing here. And that's why I don't think it's yeah. – That's why it's not going to be a – have to be a big team that brings him in because if he wants to play right now, it's going to have to be a minor league deal. Any of those guys you mentioned, yes, they had their flaws. Their numbers weren't great, especially the traditional stats. But nothing is as bad as Dallas Keiko has been. And it's not a one-year issue. Like, this is a – first off, this Dallas Keiko is a far cry from what you saw in 2017. More so, this Dallas Keiko is – hasn't been good since 2018. I can't find numbers that I would say are above average, when it, especially when you look at the peripherals in the last four years also on on like the way i see this johnny cueto being good for the white Sox hurt dallas keichel so much because they're like wait a minute if we sign johnny cueto to a minor league deal and now he comes up and he's balling and he's even older than than you are um you know what is (laughs) why why do we need you and your 18 million dollars that we have to pay you this year. Um, so, yeah, uh, I mean, great, I guess, good move for the White Sox. It's going to, it's certainly the right baseball move. But um, yeah, the Dallas Keuchel era um, could be wrapping up here. If whatever era there was uh, could be wrapping up very shortly. That, that 2020 season, LJ, I think you are underrating a little bit. I mean, he was a top five in Cy Young. Do you not think that that, that was a good year? How many, how many starts? How many innings? 11 starts, 63 innings. Again, I think a lot of guys can look look good on paper. When I'm, look, I'm looking at the total body of work here. I'm looking past that. I'm looking at a guy who was a below average at best, below average in terms of his – peripheral stats, his expected stats. I mean, this is a guy who was basically his 2020 season. His 2020 season, he is not a 199 pitcher. He is not a top five Cy Young MVP vote recipient in 2020, if that was a full season, because he's a weak, he was a weak contact pitcher and nothing more at that point. And he got to play against the Central, which yeah, was – the worst, the worst division out of out of the three, because the way they that they had had set it yes. up, they, oh, all the right. East teams played the East, the ten Central teams played each other. It was just those ten team pods. The Central that was by far the worst ten team pod out of the league by a lot. Um, and right now I'm looking at this. and Trevor Bauer got to like whether you want him in or he took advantage of that the best that he could. You know you can't blame him for who he had to play, but. I mean, look how the Central performed in that year's playoffs. They were terrible, right? Yeah. I mean, so. Ultimately, look at this. 2020, 11th percentile of strikeout rate. That's where Dallas mm-hmm. Kegel sat. 70, or I'm sorry, 84th percentile hard hit percentage. Ultimately, that came down to a certainly an expected batting average in the blue. But he clearly, it was about weak contact. I love 
I love contact pitchers. I think it's a lot of fun to watch. It's a very interesting game to see. Yeah. However, they don't go out and get one five O's. They don't get one nine nines. They don't get two, two threes. They're you're looking at the best of them are probably at at best. You're going to get a high twos. Am I wrong? And so over a full season, you give this guy 150 innings, you're looking at probably a four ERA. Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely fair to say. And I mean, in terms of overall pitching ability, I don't think he was never he was never that big a uh, arm. Like, no, it, the fastball fastball certainly threw it, but like you're talking about pretty slow pitcher, all about that motion, all about that base, but. Um, I just, you know, it, 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 it fell off a cliff after 2018 is really what we're seeing here, both his pitch mix, his pitch velocity. I mean, I don't know how you can fall off from an average miles per hour of 89 to something less than that and have it actually be a fall off. Like, you, you were already off, but he somehow managed. One last thing I want to bring up before we wrap it up. The Blue Jays beat the Angels uh, once again. They went four to three last night. Um, they get to Rizal Iglesias in the ninth inning in a tie game. Uh, singles by Rowdy Telez, and I believe it was Lourdes Gurriel Jr. who had the uh, go-ahead single the top of the ninth. Jordan Romano comes on in the bottom of the ninth, seals the deal, strikes out the side. Um, and now that's two, and then that's the first two games of this series, which is by far the most um, impactful series of the weekend. You know, maybe a Brewers and Cardinals is the other big name series this weekend, but other, uh, well, and of course a Yankees race, but uh, Blue Jays and Angels are certainly up there. And yeah, Toronto finally starting to do, do things now. It's two big wins because this is in L.A. Like that, yeah. these are these these are big wins. Alec Manoa, six innings, two earned runs, nine Ks. Uh, really, really nice showing from him again. And we're, while we're on this, Tony Rendon has gone to the I.L. Ooh. He is on the 10 day. He hasn't played since, I believe, the 25th of May okay. with a wrist injury. Um, I'm not sure what. It didn't specify what wrist. It's claimed to be a baseball-related injury, a swinging-related injury. Who knows what he was swinging? But, um, yeah, that's certainly a low for this team, low for him. Because at what point – I mean, the Angels aren't, like, a high-profile, like, demand-success organization. No. But L.A. is still L.A. At some point, you've got to start getting mad at him. Not mad at him, but, like, all right, I'm not asking people to be mad at him. What I'm saying is people are going to get frustrated with the amount of time that he has missed. This isn't like George Springer in Toronto where he can miss as much time as he needs or wants and people are still going to be fine with it. This guy's got to see the field and be able to play consistently or else at some point those expectations are going to hit him. How much more time does he have? Because if he gets uh, riddled with this injury bug for a second straight season, I don't see how that doesn't affect his stock in his favor among the fans. No, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today's show. We'll be back on Monday um, as we have our interview with Glenn Gaffner uh, tomorrow. That will be airing. Very cool. Be sure to check it out. But um, until then, 
We will see you on Monday. Be sure to check us out on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at MLB Daily Pod. Have a good one. See you, manana. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts. It's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season, make this December one to remember. Together, click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.